My name's Doug, and I'm an elder here at Living Hope Church. So welcome this morning on this Father's Day. For those that are going to be joining us online, I want to say welcome to you. I want to thank God for his presence this morning. He's here. And where God is, there's freedom, isn't there? So let's pray this morning before we get into the message. Father, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for your presence. God, when we think where we would be without you, Lord, God, we would be lost. No eternity with you. But yet, Lord, you loved us so much, God, you sent your son to die for us, God, and to regenerate our hearts and to draw us back to yourself, God, to make a bridge for us, to be able to spend eternity with you. And God, I thank you this morning. God, we're about to go into your word. And Lord... I'm frail this morning, I'm weak, but God, it doesn't matter, Lord, because this is your word. God, you're going to do what you want to do with it. So that's all I ask this morning, Lord, that you bring your name and glorify your name, God. Open up the hearts of the people this morning, Holy Spirit. Go within the aisles of the people, God, in and amongst your people. These are your people. And Satan, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You have no place here. Father, we pray that you beat your enemies down to the ground this morning. God, open up the people's hearts. Let them understand who you are this morning, how great and powerful your love is. So God, we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I just want to talk to you this morning a few moments on weakness. And everybody begins to cringe. Weakness. Oh my. Weakness. You know, and a lot of times we try to hide it when it comes to weakness because <clears throat> as men, let's face it, we want to push our weaknesses aside, don't we? Not only as men, but women too, but mostly men because, you know, pride takes over in men. And it's like we're 10 feet tall and bulletproof. You know, it's true. We want, that's what we want to be. You know, when our kids look at us, we want to be, there's nothing wrong with us. There's no fears. There's no frailties. Just strong, you know. But I learned something this week. And that's why I know the messages for us this week. It's, it's hard. It was a really hard week, it really was, you know, battling so many things and headaches and, you know, people that I spoke with this week and I was just telling them, you know, I feel like I can't do anything. I just feel so weak. Can't even get a message on paper. So many times I wrote something that got down and God said, throw it away. And I wrote something else down, throw it away. And I was like, oh my gosh, come on, you know. But God sometimes has lessons for us to learn in waiting. You know, the, the word of God says those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. He said, they'll mount up with wings as eagles. And you know, the lesson for me this week was, you know, I can't depend on myself. I can't depend, uh, <clears throat> depend on my, my, my own timing. I can't depend on my human reasoning, but I have to depend on the Holy Spirit. It's all in His timing. And it's hard to sit and wait. And it's hard because if you're like me, you like to get everything done and everything organized. Okay, this is done, that's done. But God was like, no, you just sit and wait. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know Sunday's coming, eh? So it was hard. So my testimony this week is, you know, I was reading in Psalms this week, and like David said, you know, the Lord is my strength, and he's my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. And I got to tell you, he helped me this, this, this week. I, it's, it's all glory be to God, because at the end of it all, I, was, I had nothing. And God said, okay, now I can do something. Now I can move in, and I can speak to you. So here's the question that God has for you this morning. It's the title of the message. 
Will you give God your weakness? That's the question. Will you give God your weakness? And that's the question that I felt in my heart this week. By midweek, <clears throat> like I was telling you, I was working on this message and I had absolutely nothing. My mind was completely blank. It was like I was sitting in, in a room with 66 books of scripture and every page that I opened, it was just blank. It was like there was nothing on the pages. I couldn't see anything. I couldn't hear anything. And the only thing I knew to do was to cry to God. God, I feel so weak. God, I can't do anything. I have nothing to offer your people. And I just want to hide, really. That's, that's all I want to do. I just want to hide. And it's like this heart conversation between me and God started within my heart. And it was, I heard, just like you heard, just, just, just like a voice inside of me that said, let's talk about that. Let's, let's talk about weakness. And I was like, oh my gosh, really? Let's talk about weakness, God? Oh, and I felt like God was asking me, why do you hide your weaknesses, Doug? There's a question. Let's start with that before we get to, to God's people. Why do you hide your weaknesses? And the only answer I had was like, well, Lord, because I don't want to be exposed. I don't want people to know that I have frailties. I don't want people to know that I have fears. I don't want to be thought of as less than. But it was like God was saying, but I know all about them. And I said, I know, God, but, you know, sometimes I put more emphasis on what people think about me than what you think. And then it was like, oh, now we're getting somewhere. You know, God was like, oh, ding, 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 ding. So it was like God was speaking to my heart and he was saying, God, you know, Doug, did I not tell you to seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness and all of these things would be added to you? Did you not know, Doug, that this also means about your weaknesses? That in seeking me, I'm going to turn your weaknesses into strengths and use them for the glory, despite what people see, despite what people think. And it's a tough question when God asks you, will you give me your weakness? Because it gives you the choice. And it gives me the choice. Either to keep your weaknesses, to try and bury them, to try and hide them, run away. or to embrace them and give them back to God. In 2 Corinthians 12, 7-9, Paul went through a time of weakness, and he had to decide, am I going to let my weakness destroy the testimony of God, or am I going to give my weaknesses to God, give my life to God in all of his weaknesses, and let him work through me? That's the question that he had to deal with. And I, and I was thinking, it must have been hard for Paul, because here's a guy He's eager to do the will of God. If you read about Paul in, in, in the Word, you can see he's so eager to do the will of God. And now he has to contend with this affliction that God put into his life. Then he had to, it was a continual annoyance to him. It was, it was annoyance. If you read, in the, and we're going to get into the scripture in a second, but you can tell it was an annoyance. And it, had, it gave him a lot of trouble. And it slowed him down. And we don't like to be slowed down. We like to go full pelt and do what we want to do. But this thing in Paul's life slowed him down. And it was a source of real pain in his life because in verse 8 we read, he says, three times, not once, not twice, but three times, he says, I begged the Lord to take it away. Now he didn't say, I asked the Lord to take it away. No, he said, I begged the Lord. There's a difference there. 
The word begged is he's desperate. Please, Lord, take it away. I can't do this like this. I can't do ministry like this. I can't walk like this. I can't do life with others like this. Make me look good. Make me, you know, let me go in my own strength. Let me have some strength so that people can, you know, I'm comfortable with strength, but I'm not comfortable with weakness. And God said each time, or Paul said each time God came to me, he said one thing, my grace is all you need. My grace is all you need. Because he says, my power works best in weakness. So now Paul says, and he's learned some things here. He says, so now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can rest on me. That's why Paul says, I take pleasure now in my weaknesses. I take pleasure in the insults. I take pleasure in the hardships and in the persecutions and in the troubles that I suffer for Christ. Because when I'm weak, he says, that's when I'm strong. But you know, I got to thinking, weakness, it doesn't sit well with us. It doesn't sit well with our mindset of success. It doesn't promote strength. It doesn't promote control. It doesn't amplify power, does it? It's just weakness. I mean, even the days of the week are called weak days, weekends. Everything's weak. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I want strong days. I want strong, strong ends. You know? It's like there's weakness in everything. You know? But yet God tells Paul, no, Paul, my grace in your weakness, Paul, all you need is my favor to overrule your inabilities and your shortcomings, Paul. And if you give your weaknesses and you surrender it to me, your weaknesses are going to continually open the way for more of the Lord's power and grace to shine through you. It doesn't, isn't that what weakness does? Weakness, it helps us to depend on God, and that's what draws us closer to him. And Paul learned this. He learned to delight in his troubles and his weaknesses. Because he realized they brought the blessing of God to rest on his life. And if you go into that verse 9 where it says, where Paul says, I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can rest on me. That word rest, it conveys an image. When you study it, it conveys an image that the power of God coming and spreading over Paul like a tent. Can you imagine the power of God spreading over you like a tent? He's, he's the one that becomes your covering. He's the one that becomes your shield. He's the one that becomes your encouragement to continue doing what he's asking you to do. Whether that's in ministry, whether that's with your husband, whether that's with your wife, whether that's with your children. When we submit the weaknesses, God can come in and cover you like a tent. Because you see, sometimes we look at our weaknesses and we think, well, surely God doesn't want me until I get things right. You know, surely, maybe if I could just get a few things in order, maybe if I can just get rid of this habit, I would measure up to some sort of standard and be accepted by God. Yet, all the way through Scripture, if you read everywhere that you read in Scripture, all of the mighty men who did great exploits with God, they were men that had nothing to offer. When you read, none of them had anything to offer. They were impaired, they were polluted, they were defective. They had so, a lot of them were so unfit to be used in any way connected with God, yet Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 26, 28, the first chapter of 1 Corinthians, he says, remember, brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes and powerful or wealthy when God had called you. He said, instead, God chose the, the things of the world that, he, that they consider foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are absolutely powerless to shame those who are powerful. He said, God chose things despite, despised by the world. Things counted as absolutely nothing at all. 
and he used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. So in other words, God chooses the weak things. He chooses the weak things to bring honor to his name. Because he doesn't need my talent. He doesn't need your skills. He doesn't need anything to advance his kingdom. Nothing. He just needs a wheeling vessel, really. That's all he needs. When you look at it, I mean, he could have sent powerful angels, couldn't he? He could have sent in, in, in great angelic beings if he wanted to. To freak, the world out, to freak the whole world out. You could do it today if you want. Just freak the world out. Send all of these things down. Preach the gospel message. But he chose the frailty of you and he chose the frailty of me to speak to others. He chose us as fathers to lead our children. He chose us as husbands to walk with our wives and to build them up. He chose us. Why? Because we're the ones that receive mercy. We've experienced mercy. When you look at Peter, he says in, in, in 1 Peter 10, 12, the angels know nothing about grace and mercy. They know nothing about forgiveness. They know nothing of experience, the new experience life, regeneration. They know nothing about the indwelling Holy Spirit. I mean, in that verse, he says, it's like a mystery to them. He says, even the angels, they long to look in these things. But we're the ones that have experienced mercy. We understand who God, not on, totally understand but we we know what god came with the grace and his mercy and his love you know when we think of weakness the first word that comes to my mind is frailty something frail and something very very skimpy i guess and the condition of lacking strength that's what i think when i think of weakness we think of weakness as being at a disadvantage but most people think that it's a defective quality it's just something, I don't want it. I don't want weakness, it's a, it's a defective quality. But listen to this. Weakness is only a defective quality when it remains in your hands. When weakness remains in your hands, then it's a defective quality. In the hands of God, frailty and weakness mixed together by a God of all possibilities becomes a force to be reckoned with. Even hell itself. Because when I look back at the most effective times in my life, it was really when I listened to the simple instructions of God, really. Just the simple instructions that really made no sense to me because the plan seemed too weak. You know, we reason it out. God says something to us and we think, that, that's too weak. That's not going to work. How can that work? But yet you read all the way through Scripture and God used simple things. Walk around, you know, walk around Jericho seven times. Its walls are going to fall down. Take 300 men, fight that Great big army, it's going to work, it's going to work. But we don't think that. We think weakness. we got to be strong. we always got to be strong. But God uses weakness. So what happens is we tend to work so hard, don't we? We tend to work so hard to muster up some sort of disguised strength, I call it. Something that's not even real. And we think that we're going to be more acceptable to God if we can just have maybe, I don't know, a few good weeks of reading or maybe get our Bible plan back on track or if I can hit a certain attendance at church or maybe when me and my wife have everything good between us, everything is fine, everything is perfect, maybe when I learn to be a better father, then this maybe God will see fit and now, that I'm, now I'm ready to be used. And all those things are good. 
And they're good goals to work towards. But it's like God's just sitting there saying, enough, tell me that you're going to do better. Because you can't. You can't do better. You know, it's like God's saying, stop promising me you're going to read more and pray more and fast more and you're going to pay your tithes more and you're going to visit more and you're going to do all these things more and more and more. Because God said, it's never been about your promises to me. It's all about my promises to you. We forget about that. It's all about God's promises to us. Because God is simply looking for a person that recognizes his need for a Savior and says, Lord, I don't have anything to offer you. I really don't. All I have is my weakness, Lord. And if you can use a broken vessel, then here I am. That's all God's looking for. You know, I was saying, God, you know, every time I come up here, my knees shake, my hands shake, I sweat. The heart's pounding. You know, I always say, God, I feel so incapable to do any of this stuff. But then you have to come to the realization, you know, you just have to say that. You have to choose. You have to say, God, listen, you can have my shaky knees. You can have my shaky hands. You can have my beating heart and use it for your glory because God can do those things. You know, in the book of 1 Samuel 16, 7, God shows us that he doesn't look at the people that, he doesn't look at people the way we see people. He says, God doesn't see as a man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. God looks at the heart. And it's like it's a man who goes for a job interview and he shows up at God's door and in the waiting room, there's 10 other people there for the same job. And all of their resumes are so impressive. They have skill sets that he doesn't have. They have speaking skills he only dreams of having. There are men there that are stronger than him, more knowledge than him. They seem to have everything in place. They have on better suits. They have on better shoes. And they can actually boast about their talents. But folks, it's, it's like a picture of a self-reliant man. Because the weak man, his resume is so simple. It's just one piece of paper. He's holding it in his hand. It's probably all crumpled up because he's trying to hide it because of what he's seeing all around him. You know, He's comparing himself to those that are around him. And on his resume, all it says is, I'm not a great talk. I'm not great with talking with people. I'm not the best communicator. I don't have all things together. Matter of fact, sometimes I'm a little bit lazy. But I'm willing to submit. I'm willing to submit my weaknesses, Lord. If you can use my deficiencies, Lord, for your glory. And that's the man that God is looking for. You know, and it's the very reason, when you look at David, it's, that's the very reason that David could defeat a giant. He wasn't a better warrior than Goliath. He didn't have the weaponry nor the skill to stand to fight Goliath in a hand battle. No, he gave his frailty and he gave his weaknesses to God. And God said, I can use that for my glory. Because when you look at that story, self-sufficiency would have had David with armor that was too big for him. Self-sufficiency would have had David carrying a sword that was too heavy for him. And he would have went on the battlefield like that. And you know what? I believe to this day, he would have lost his life. It would have cost David his life. So we have to remember, my weaknesses in the hands, in my hands are only, it leads me away from the plan of God for my life. Because, listen, unsubmitted weakness, it keeps me in a place of believing these things, that I'm not good enough, that I'm not worthy, 
and I'll, I can never be used by God, by God because I have no qualifications. It, it, all these lies. And it's like the person who wants to help in ministry or different things. And the devil comes and says, you can't do that. You don't got no skill. You don't got this. You don't got that. And, and he just points out the weaknesses. But we forget to pull out our Bibles and say, no, this is what the Bible says right here. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God can use my weaknesses. He can take me from, from, from the beginning to the end. He said he's going to finish what he started in me. And that's what the devil tries. I had a screen up here. I don't know if I can go to the next slide. Here's what I came up with when I was reading this message, when I was doing this message. Who cares what the devil says or thinks? If God says he can use our weakness for the glory of God, the conversation is over. It's done with. So when I take my word and the enemy's trying to put something in my mind and trying to point out my weaknesses and you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't help here and you're never going to be able to encourage that one or you get a word in your heart and you say, well, I have a word. I know I'm supposed to go speak with somebody, but oh, who am I? I'm no good. You know, I, I can't even do some things right. And God's saying, go give them that word. You got to pick up your word and say, no, I might have some weaknesses, but God, you're going to be glorified today because you're going to use those weaknesses. And if I come to the, I guess the heart of the message, I want you men to hear this. The strength and power of a man comes from a submitted life and a willingness to bow the knee to Jesus. That's the ultimate, that's, that's what it is. The strength and power of a man comes from a submitted life and a willingness to bow the knee to Jesus. That's where strength is found. Because everything else is going to deceive you into thinking that you have to be something in order for God to love you. That somehow you have to muster up some sort of human strength to be qualified in God's kingdom. Or in order to be accepted, you have to come to God with everything settled and somehow you have to show Him that I can handle this life, Lord. I can handle the problems. I can handle the situation. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And it's like we come to God with a sacrifice of human effort and we think that He's just going to, he's going to accept that. And when you look at it, it's kind of like standing at the foot of the cross, and there's Jesus, and he's hanging, and he's beat to a pulp. He's bleeding profusely. He's tired. He's weak. He's got nails through his flesh. He's got thorns in his head, and you and I are standing there trying to talk to him and tell him how we're going to make our life better. But yet Jesus simply looks and says, it's finished. It's done. There's nothing that you need to do. Grace covers it all. That's why he told Paul, Paul, my, my grace is sufficient for you. I'll be your covering in your weakness. I'll be your comfort in your, in your, your, your times where you're, you think you're so weak that you can't keep going. Because when you look at the men who came into the presence of God in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, folks, and you read through all those stories, it only took them a fraction of a second to understand that there was nothing that they could bring to the table that could remotely help the kingdom of God. The only thing that you and I could possibly bring to the table is a broken life and empty hands. I think that's the best way to come. He says, come as you are. Don't, come to, don't try to come with your strengths and all those things. Come in your weakness. If you look in Daniel chapter 10, remember when Daniel saw a vision? In chapter, chapter 10, 7 to 11, he says, I was standing there and there was men with me. And th these men didn't see no vision, but they were there with me and they felt the presence of God and they took off running and they were so scared they left me. And he says, I was left there all by myself. 
to see this vision. He said, I became, my strength left me. And we read about Daniel, we think of Daniel's life as, and he was, you know, he, he prayed and he loved God and he did the will of God. But when he came face to face with the presence of God, he says, my, the strength left me. My face grew deathly pale. I felt so weak. And he said, then I heard the man speak. And when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and I laid there with my face to the ground. And he said, just then a hand touched me and he lifted me up. I was still trembling and he, he put me on my hands and my knees. And he said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. You can put your own name there. Put your own name there, how precious you are to God. But he said, so listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I've been sent to you. And he said, when he said that to me, I stood up. I was still trembling, the Bible says. He said, I was still trembling, but I stood up. I stood up in my weakness. In Isaiah chapter 6, you see the same thing. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted. Remember that? He had a vision. Isaiah had a vision of, of the seraphims, and he saw the glory of God, and he saw a picture of the future church. He said, I saw the train of his robe fill the temple, and we're the temple. And he saw a vision of today's church, really, of the Holy Spirit indwelling us. But yet when he was there, he said, what was me? I'm a man of unclean lips. And it's like Isaiah, for a moment, saw. You don't even think about his weakness when he was in the presence of God. All he could focus on is, on, on, on how in the world could I possibly add anything to this? He's seeing everything, the glory of God. He's seeing everything moving by the Spirit of God. And he's looking, and he's a prophet. He's a prophet. He's a man who, who, who God appointed to speak to the people and to do great things. But yet when he sees this great vision, he's like, how in the world do I add anything to this? And it's funny because I was thinking the other day, he's probably the only one there, and he is the only one there. All these things are going around, and he's the only one there standing, and he's like, I'm the only one here that needs mercy. I'm the only one here that needs mercy. And yet God says, who will go for us? Remember when he asked him the question? He said, I got a message for the people. Who's going to go? Right away he says, send me, Lord. He would have had to forget about his weaknesses. He would have had to forget about his frailty. And what he was seeing right now, I'm sure he would have said, from what I'm seeing right now, I know that God can do all things. It doesn't matter if I'm weak. It doesn't matter what I am because I can see who he is. And the only thing that all of these men realized was that all they could bring to the table was their weakness. They realized, I don't have anything to add. I don't have anything to add, but listen. Oh, I have certainly something to give. I can give my weakness. So I come back to the question that we started with. Will you give God your weakness? Will you allow him to spread his glory over, over you like a tent? Because everybody that you read about in the scripture, folks, they had to make that decision. Am I going to give my weakness to God? Am I going to let him return, in return, cover me with his grace and allow him to bring me forward? Or am I going to continue to try to cover it up? Am I going to continue to try to hide it? And ultimately what happens is we limit the experience of the fullness that God has spoken over our lives. And you know, I think sometimes, I know in my own life, I think sometimes that God's offended with my weakness. That God looks and he's, ugh, he's got some weaknesses. I don't think I'll touch him until he's perfect, you know. But God's not offended, folks, with your weakness. God's greater than your weakness. He's greater than my weakness. 
And God can take your weakness. And he can help you. He can help you be a better father. He can help you be a better husband. He can help you with the people that are around you. But sometimes we run a lot and we hide because of weakness, because we don't want to be exposed. But yet God says, oh, no, 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 no. My son and my daughter, you come to me. Bring that weakness to me. Submit that weakness to me. And I'll show you what I can do with weakness. You know, because God can do what he wants with absolutely nothing. So I was thinking at the end of this message today, I was saying, my goodness, Lord, what could you do with surrendered weakness? What could you do with surrendered weakness? And you know, sometimes the devil is, and I'll close with this, the enemy of is just screeching in our ears. Don't do it. Don't surrender. Don't surrender those weaknesses. Don't allow freedom to, set, to be set in motion in your life. And it, it screeches at us because we don't want to be exposed, like I said. And I remember, you, you remember Matthew 16, 23. Remember when Jesus told the disciples, he said, I have to, I'm going to a cross. And the first thing that Peter did, he pulled him aside. He had some guts, Peter, right? He pulls the Lord aside and he says, this is not going to happen to you. This is not going to happen to you. And it's like the voice of the enemy saying, you are not going to set in motion freedom for these people. You're not going to do it. And I love Jesus' response. I love Jesus' response because I love it when the authority of God, you know, it's like, get in ranks, Satan. Get behind me. Get behind me. That's where you, you, you need to be. Fall into rank. Says so Jesus turned and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. You don't want freedom set in motion. You want people to be bound. And folks, when we keep our weaknesses and we don't surrender them to God, you're going to stay bound. But Jesus has done everything, everything to set in motion my freedom and your freedom. You know, if I had my wife stand up and Pastor Mona stand up and talk about my frailties and my weaknesses, we would have to make it a series. <laughs> Clearly. We'd have to make it a series, you know? But, you know, it's just God was saying, you know, God, it, Doug, just surrender them to me. You're not the perfect husband. Surrender it to me. You're not the perfect father. Surrender it to me. You're not the perfect board member. Surrender it to me. I got so much to teach you. And God has so much to teach each and every one of us. But if we hold on to it and we tuck it in and we say, no, I'm coming, Lord. I'm coming. I'll get it right. And when I come, I'm going to offer it to you. And God's like, oh, my gosh. Again, you know, forget your promises to me. Let me show you my promises to you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today, Lord, for your word. I thank you, God, that you love us so much. God, you're so patient. And God, you live with understanding with us. God, you've walked the earth. And God, there's nothing that we go through that you haven't experienced. And God, we can take comfort in that. Lord, you're our hope. So Father, through our, frailty, our frailties and through our weaknesses, Lord. God, I know I'm making a decision. I can't make a decision for your people, but God, I'm making my own decision, Lord to bring my weaknesses and my frailties to you. Because, God, I want to advance. I want your blessing over me like a tent, Lord. 
I want to be able to hear your voice clearly. I want to be able to walk in knowing, God, that this is the things that you want me to do. And God, learning, God, just how to be a better husband and how to be a better father and how to be a better teammate, Lord, with, with everything that we're involved in in ministry and different things, Lord. God, to see your name glorified and high and lifted up. Like these men, God, when they came into your presence, all they saw was the, all the hosts of heaven, Lord. All they did was sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. God, that that will be continually on our lips. God, no matter what we go through, no matter what we see in ourselves, God, you see us through the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. And Lord, we are your children. And God, you take care of us and you love us so much. So God, let the word go deep into your children's heart today, Lord. Let them understand your love for them. And God, not to be scared, Lord, to be exposed. Not to be scared, Lord, to surrender those weaknesses to you. Because, God, you will take them and you'll do miracles with it. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. So today is a day of recognition, but also a day of proclamation. That God has been bringing back the men of this church back to that place of leadership back to that place of you know fatherhood um, when we look at our society today we understand that our society right before us is crumbling and if you look back to when it all started is when the whole unit of the family started breaking the the whole definition of what marriage is and uh, what it should be to raise a family Little by little, as the years and generations have passed, we have seen a diminishing of what God has created. And But today I have to say that I have witnessed this in the last several years. A man who, men who have recognized their weakness and instead of fighting to hide them, have come face to face with them and just owned them. And because they have, I have seen this covering over them. I have seen a covering come upon them so that they could understand and they can have wisdom, that they can rise again. Because you know, many of us fall, and because we are so troubled by our weakness, we never get back up. And God said, I was never troubled with your weakness. I knew them already. And I think when we come face to face with them and say, God, I'm not going to fight you on this anymore, we will actually have the result of it. We will have marriages restored, families restored, things reconciled. Because you see, God is a God, he's a reconciler. And we are his people. And for me as a leader, I have actually been able to let go of so much and trust the men of the, the, this church in ways that I haven't before, never understood why. But again, never wanted anybody to be strong on my behalf because I have someone who is stronger. But I wanted men just to understand their place and that God had something absolutely wonderful for them. All they needed to do is surrender. And I have seen this, beloved. God is on the move. And if God is speaking to you about these areas where you try to hide or you go to your default so that nobody sees, I'm my heart and my encouragement to you is let go and let God continue what he's doing. If this is just your beginning, 
And this message really spoke to you. Trust me, you didn't hear it for nothing. If you say yes to him, he will equip you to go after these areas that you thought made you deficient as a husband and as a, as a leader, as a friend. God said, no, let me turn it around and bring glory for my namesake. It has always been for his namesake. And God is doing a deep, deep, deep work. I'm going to ask Maya to come. We're going to end the song with the last song that you have, Maya, which is our, what we have been received, what we have received from the cross, all of us, men, women. In Christ, we stand in might. In Christ, we stand in power. In Christ, we have, we have the ability and the empowerment to do all things that he's asked us to do. Is God asking you to do something in particular today? Please do not lose hope. God is raising up his army. Men and women, children, teenager, young women, single people, married people, all of them. He's raising us up because there is a time coming, beloved, where the times are going to be so dark. You will have to go back to your anchor, and that is Christ and Christ alone. That's why he's asking us to, get, to stop hiding our weaknesses because that's where we go. We hide. And we project, and God says, you don't have to. I'm on the scene. I'm on your side. And I believe that as we sing this last song today, just remind yourself who you are in Christ. And so that we can go out triumphantly and celebrate this wonderful day to recognize we're exactly where we need to be. God is healing you, and he will continue doing what he needs to do because he's a faithful God. Amen? joining us today. May God go with you. May his face shine upon you and his blessing rest upon you as well. And may God always keep you always facing him and forward. Amen. Thank you again. God bless and happy Father's Day.